Hey, this is Kevin from Kevin's Barbecue Joints, and welcome to the Kevin's Barbecue Joints podcast. This one is really great. It's with Arnest Robbins from Evie Mae's Barbecue in Woolworth, Texas, which is just outside of Lubbock, Texas. Arnest recently posted on Facebook an honest and heartfelt assessment of 2023. The reaction was pretty intense, to say the least. Lots of shares, lots of comments, calls to him, DMs to him, tons of stuff. I knew that there was a lot more to talk about than just the post, so I reached out and we got this together, and I think you're going to really love it. You'll learn a lot. They have added additional days to their service. They've added specials, little tweaks to make sure that they do stay in business and keep going forward. I think the best thing to do is to jump right in, but thank you so much for listening. Make sure you stay safe and visit your local barbecue joint. Good afternoon, Arnest. How are you? I am good. How are you today? I'm doing well. Uh, yeah, like well, like we had said off air, we had tried to do this on your way home from New Mexico, but that didn't work. But uh, now you're stationary. Are you outside of Evie Mays? I am. I'm parked. I'm parked in my little parking spot over at the shop. The reason why I reached out to you is because you made a Facebook post and. I felt like there were some interesting comments and it was, it was very introspective. And I thought that it also was very telling for a lot of people because they can see someone that's on the top 10, they could see social media and they could see all this great food and come jump to conclusions that you're just doing crazy business. And I think that it was important that you, that you post that. And I'd like to you know the background behind the post and talk more about it. So I, I don't think it's a secret or surprise to anybody that that the last 6, 10, 12, 18 months have been, it's, it's been a really, really tough economical time, I think, for everybody. In my post, I said, you know, you're paying more for everything. We're paying more for everything. I understand that. I've been talking to customers. I've been talking to employees for really this since January of this year about how just how, how hard things are. Um, our electricity's up, our gas bill's up, our groceries for the restaurant are up. We, we have a really, really seasoned staff that makes really good what I what I hope uh, they would consider a living wage out here. And we're, we're really proud of that love. Our staff that we have, bottom line is our expenses are at an all-time high. Your expenses are at an all-time high. And if you used to come and eat at the restaurant once a week, maybe you're coming twice a month now or once a month. And that's what we're struggling with. The frequency that customers are coming, that's where we've seen the, the biggest dip. And my post, I, I had been trying to figure out for the last several months, kind of how to communicate the struggle without it coming across. I, I don't, I, I don't want to play the victim. We chose this. And, and I, I pointed that out very clear in my post. I wanted to, to be very sensitive to that in my post that, hey, they, I just wanted to bring awareness of the fact that, yes, we're a big successful joint and we are struggling the same as everybody else and and just because we're up here on top doesn't mean that we're impervious to the daily struggles of everything else in fact i would argue that in in some situations it's even more difficult for us we built this restaurant in 2016 the brick and mortar and at the time we were growing as quickly as we could we went from the original footprint of the restaurant in 2016 to doubling the restaurant footprint in 2017 after that 2017 top 50 list came out man that's what we did we sold as much barbecue as we did every day and we put everything back into the building and capacity and then the pandemic hit and we had to kind of reel it in a little bit fight our way through the pandemic and then the economical climate of the last half of 22 into 23 and in my post i talked about march kind of being a real turning point for us where we were out of reserves it, it, it had taken every 
saved penny that we had to continue operating through January, February, which are historically our slowest months of the year, just to get to March. And it was the first time in my life of being self-employed, which started as a landscaper in Tucson, that I wasn't sure how I was going to pay this month's bills. Every other month for the last 13 years, there was a plan, there was a way. And that was the first time I didn't know how I was going to get it done. The only thing I could think of was we're open four days a week. And if, if you're familiar with barbecue life, four days a week is that's full-time operation. Mm -hmm. But we've got this big building, we've got overhead, and those two things do not care about the economical climate. No. And my mortgage is the same now as it was in 2019. And I got to figure out how to how to how to make that payment and pay our employees. So we made the decision to expand our our service days, bookend our original Wednesday through Saturday and add Tuesday through Sunday. It doesn't sound like much, but that's 50%. That's a 50% increase in, in days that we're open that's true. every week. It, we Again, we have an amazing crew. And this wasn't something that I went back and forth on for a month and, you know, figured out and, 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 and expanded out and tried to figure out from a business standpoint. This was a Hail Mary attempt to keep the thing rolling. And everybody just kind of put their head down and, and we figured out how to do it. And that was, I think the beginning of April is whenever we, we expanded to six days a week, but we are working harder than we ever have in the last nine years in barbecue for equal to or less than we ever have before. Wow. I've got a shipment of brisket coming in tomorrow that I think I paid $5.45 a pound for in 2000, 2017, 2018. I mean, if, if we were high three fifties, that was, man, one of these, one of these prices going to drop. And yeah, we're, we're cooking the best brisket that I can source, which is certified Angus prime grade brisket, but it, it comes at a premium price, obviously. So that's what we're facing. And if you're familiar with barbecue, that $5 and 40, whatever since I said I paid uh, on tomorrow's shipment, we healed 42% on a raw brisket. So that, that multiplies itself out pretty quickly. I think when it's all said and done, we're, we're at around 13 $13.60, $13.70 a pound that we've spent on raw product before we sell it to the customer. So where we are, we can't raise our price. We have already priced ourselves out of a lot of uh, the competitive market here. We have lost a lot of really, really great long-time customers. And not necessarily lost, but lost their frequency of visits. The frequency, yeah. The frequency, because we have raised our prices. I think when we started in the trailer, we were at $18 a pound, which seemed just outrageous. Yeah. Again, it was that was just Mallory and I. We didn't have near the expense that we have now. Uh, but we're, we're priced at $32. And there's other places in town that are higher than us. And then you get into the large metroplexes throughout the state. And I mean, 34 $35, $36 a pound. And, and we're all paying the same. It's just who's in the market that's willing to continue to pay for it. We have gotten to the point where I don't think that we can charge any more for brisket than we are right now. Unless we want to completely alienate our existing consumer, which we absolutely don't. It's honestly, it's hard for me to look our customer in the eye with $32 a pound brisket written on the board. I, a pound of brisket is not very much. If you look at a pound of brisket yeah. on a tray and then, uh, you know, set $32 next to it, yeah. it really puts it in perspective. So it's really, really hard to ask for that. But at the same time, that's what it is. And even if we were cooking a, a less brisket, you go down to a choice or select brisket and maybe maybe save a buck 50, but it's not a huge difference um, in raw product. Everything is just expensive right now. Kind of to your point about the comments and the feedback on the actual post, I didn't mean for it to take off. I didn't mean it, like it was, it was yeah. truly just, I don't even know what to call it. I mean, it was, it was just transparency. 
we are facing hard times. We used to cook this time of year, 2019, we would cook 85 to 100 briskets on a Saturday. This past Saturday, we had our first Texas Tech home football game. Biggest day of our year as far as sales go at the restaurant, and we cooked 47 briskets. Whoa. Just to put it in perspective, there are a lot of times, a lot of days in the last year and a half that I've thought, if this restaurant was half this size, we could make it work so much more efficiently, so much more cost effective. We, we don't need this huge restaurant anymore right now like we did pre-pandemic. I didn't mean for it to be kind of a sky, the, the sky is falling post. Of course. And I think some people did kind of freak out and they were like, oh my goodness, are y'all going to make it? Well, yeah, we are going to make it because I don't have a plan B. I haven't been able to come up with a plan B for eight years. So yeah, we're going to make it. We're going to figure out a way to make it. And if that means we got to be open more or whatever it is, we're going to figure out a way to do it. One thing we have done, because we know that it is no longer feasible for a lot of people to come out and drop $20 on, on a weekday lunch, we've started introducing kind of these really budget-friendly options three days a week so we've got a, a house ground cheeseburger uh, that we do on tuesday with french fries we've got a chopped rib meat sandwich uh, that's kind of a kind of a sloppy joe that we do with a drink on wednesdays and we've got a smoked buffalo chicken sandwich that we do on thursdays with french fries for 6.99 and that's all in an effort to for for all the people the we have this reputation as yeah they're good but man you better you better take a full wallet with you whenever you go there they're they're sure proud of their barbecue all this in an effort to welcome the people that that don't they don't necessarily want that quality of food. They want good food, but they don't They don't need $32 a pound brisket to be satisfied today. They can come out and get a really, really great complete lunch for less than $8. And so we're, we're working on that. I've always been really stubborn whenever it comes to our menu uh, from a traditionalist standpoint. I don't want to offer a baked barbecue potato. It's just, I don't want to do that. We work really hard to, to cook our brisket as close to perfect as we can every day. And we never, we've never achieved that. But it's not, I don't want to cook something just good enough to go on a potato. I don't want to cook something that needs to be covered in a bunch of other mm. sauces and flavors. Um, so I, from a traditional standpoint, I've been very hesitant to bring these really budget-friendly options to the table. But, you know, we're in a different time. And I don't know if it's going to get back to what it was ever. And the things that we're implementing now are not temporary changes. They are permanent changes to adapt and pivot in order to do our best to serve our customers and our community and, and, and our employees and keep everybody going, keep everybody here and keep the doors open. For people maybe that might not know where you're, where you're located, you're not somewhere that's, you're not in a dense city, so Austin, we, Dallas, Houston. Yeah. Right. I mean, Lubbock alone is, is a city of 300,000 people, Yeah. Um, but it's even at that size, it's still very much a college town and it, it's very seasonal because of Texas Tech. But where we are is actually outside of Lubbock proper in Wolferth, which is just right across an invisible line. We're 10 minutes from downtown Lubbock. There's a freeway that runs from right in front of the restaurant to downtown. So we're not difficult to get to, but, but like you said, Lubbock Lubbock alone is not anywhere near the population or the tourist destination that Dallas, Austin, Houston, and San Antonio, those cities are. We serve a lot of blue-colored folks, yeah. but but we have we have a, a real regular customer base. I refer to it as barbecue tourists. Um, we don't have barbecue tourists. 
we don't have uh, groups of people going around on a Friday or Saturday and trying to hit three or four spots in a day doing a barbecue crawl. We're out here away from a lot of other destination barbecue, with the exception of the five or six joints now that are here in this in this area. Yeah. Um, so it, it is much different than a group of guys even like flying into Dallas or Austin and, and hitting up Lockhart and Austin and Luling and snows like it, yeah. it's just it's different have these changes helped the we're still hours? open yeah we made payroll the next week so <laughs> i made payroll last week too so yeah no 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 it is okay, well, yeah. it's not easy it's yeah. not easy and it's uh it's not like we flipped a switch and, and started opening two more days and now we got money flying out the back window. I mean, it took that just to get it done, but we're happy to do it. I mean, geez, we still get to cook barbecue for a living. I don't, I don't think there's been a, a day of our existence that I wake up in the morning and dread going to work. I mean, I, I really love this stuff. And you want to be able to still have the opportunity to serve the barbecue that you want to serve. So if it requires a burger, if it requires the sandwich, all the different things you know, I guess that's, that's, that's what it requires. And it's not yep. like you're, you're not going that far off the mark of what you want to do. And I'm okay with, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with, with who we are. We're not jeopardizing yeah. the original traditional food that we serve. We're simply adding to it because we need to, because these people, these, these customers of ours that have been coming to us for eight years and supporting us, it's not their fault any more than it's our fault that we're struggling that now they can't come and get that $15 barbecue sandwich, but they can get a $7 rib sandwich that's delicious. And some uh, major chains, if you buy a value meal at their place, it's 9 or $10 or even $12. So You know what? But that, that's another thing in my post. I, I referenced kind of the chain, national chain competition that we're up against. It's weird to me, the mindset of the consumer, the, the, the consumer psychology of mom and pop versus commercial. And I probably, well, before I was in the industry, I'd probably feel the same, but you know, people will mention they don't have time to wait in our line. They don't have time to come on a busy Saturday and wait for 45 minutes, but they'll go and put their name on a waiting list at you name it, national casual dining and sit in a lobby for 30 minutes and then sit at a table for another 20 minutes to get their food. And they're not even, I mean, we give away free beer here that they can have while they wait in line for 45 minutes. That's a two beer line. The price of the product too. I don't eat out a ton, but whenever I travel, you know, I'll stop and get fast food burgers, whatever. And I stopped at McDonald's on a trip not too long ago. And for a double quarter pounder drink and fries, it was, I, I want to say it was much more expensive than I would have imagined. Uh -huh. That's I what I was referring to. I can guarantee you we are selling a burger for uh, yeah. less than they are. And a better quality burger. <laughs> One that we made from scratch from yeah. uh, whole meat in the back. Uh, this morning right before you ate it so yes <laughs> it'll be interesting to navigate these waters i just when i saw that it dawned on me that i think that people just tend to think that all these barbecue joints are going to do great everybody's going to do great and because of texas monthly everyone does great business and we're all famous and we're super rich yes <laughs> i think that people but people i just wanted to to discuss with you kind of to continue to dispel those myths because it's not something that, that that's true. And also, and, and, I, and I've, you know, there's a number of people I've talked to behind the scenes that have said that they're struggling and they're changing their menus and doing things and adding things or regretting a second location or doing things. So, so it's, it's not easy. Right. And, and I'll tell you too, there's, um, I think we've been cursed a little bit by our success. 
because people do have the impression that we don't struggle. But the truth is our margins are thin and every week is a new a new mountain to climb. And it always has been because of the way that we grew early on. We were never saving a whole lot. We were pouring everything back into this mammoth restaurant. Social media and barbecue go hand in hand. And that's a curse as well. I mean, it's like your personal life. We only put our highlight reel up for everybody to see. Exactly. Again, I, I, I would never play the victim card in this situation. This is this is a life that I chose because it allowed me to pursue my passion for cooking and for serving people and for taking care of our employees like that. That is it's not about making money. It's about generating enough revenue that I can continue to do these things that I have yeah. like a really legitimate passion for. And these challenges are I enjoy a good challenge. It was the same with the with the pandemic whenever Texas shut down dining rooms. Not that that was good for anybody in any way, but it gave me this this drive to what can I do to overcome? What can I do to do better than somebody else? What what can I do right now to do better by our community, given these handcuffs that we're in. And that time when we put in that three-lane drive-through in our parking lot, man, it was it was hard. It was freezing cold. It was burning hot. But that was some of the most rewarding service I've ever been a part of. And our team grew like crazy through that because we were killing it. And we did it. We, we found a way to do it. And we did it together. And those days... Man, we on Fridays there's a, a local um, like a wellness clinic where yeah. they'll come to your house and give you give you an IV or they'll give yeah. you vitamin B shot or whatever. They were coming out on Fridays and standing in line and giving people shots, wellness really? shots. And we had a local brewery that was that came out and they were selling beer to people in line. I mean, I think that there were some days that we had like three or four vendors working our barbecue line, and it was it was the most fun I've ever had in barbecue. That's all kind of in magical, the of a really. Pandemic. When uh, when our whole world had been flipped upside down and we had been told that we couldn't have people in our dining room anymore. So I like a good challenge. Now, I definitely need a challenge that there's a solution to that can be overcome. It keeps me on my toes. It makes me better at what I do. And we've learned a lot in the last few months being open six days a week. And we've learned a lot about bringing these other options to the table that are more budget friendly for folks. We added those two days and it's been hard to get the word out because we were four days a week for seven yeah. years. And so part of my post too was kind of hitting on these things. We've, we've got these budget friendly options. We're open Tuesdays and Sundays now, really just trying to remind people that we're still here. We're doing these things to do better for you. And we do need you. We're not out here impervious to this economic situation that everybody's in and i didn't expect it to get the traction that it did yeah. but it man it took off and, and I, I posted it and i immediately started getting texts from other people in the industry that were they, they were encouraging they were encouraging yeah. and they were also there were some people that i don't even know that that commented that were thankful because it was an encouragement to them and that's cool. I mean, that's... Mm -hmm. But there's two things. I want to make sure that we touch on what your hours are so people can just, you know, if they, they know the hours. And then also, is there, I think when I talked to Tales from the Pits guys, is there a separate line for ordering like sandwiches or something? Or was there, isn't there, <clears throat> or is that gone now? Or is that... So, okay. So for years and years, we had what we called our express line. Okay. And you could get any sandwich or a five pound bulk order, five pound minimum. And we haven't operated that in close to a year because okay. we haven't been busy enough to there. I mean, people would come in and ask for the express line and we would tell them that line over there. It's going to take 10 minutes gotcha. and you can get anything you want. Last Saturday, we had to open the express line. and It was, it was cool. I mean, last Saturday was, was a really, really awesome day. 
Okay, um, cool. It was cool to see the place alive again. But again, we, we, we did it with 47 briskets instead of 100. So now our, our hours are, uh, we open for the week on Tuesday and we operate through Sunday. Uh, we open at 11 o'clock every day. And then typically we are sold out or closed by 3, uh, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Sundays we really try to get our, our staff out shortly after 3. So sometimes on a Sunday, if it's not really, really hopping, we'll start closing out a little bit early. But you can always call. Uh, if, if you are on the other side of town and wondering if we still have food or if we're still open, uh, we encourage people to call. Uh, and that is uh, our just our work number, 806-782-2281. Or text that. Um, you can text it, okay. You can text that. And we, if we're in the middle of a crazy rush, uh, we may not be able to answer the phone. But if you text uh, every, every 10 or 15 minutes, somebody tries to grab the phone and, and answer texts middle of service so we're we're doing everything we can to to capture every customer that that is wanting to come out so online you don't sell merch but have you thought about that or thought about some other yes okay so back to like just how crazy everything's been for the last three four years we had a mail order program for merchandise uh cooked meats and i think it was last summer whenever supply chain things got crazy and shipping became a real issue i think that some of the shipping companies ups fedex they were having issues yeah. and staffing issues and we tried to send a brisket to a woman in corsicana i mean corsicana from my house is about a five and a half hour drive and we sent a brisket to her on a tuesday she called us the following monday asking when she should expect her brisket and her brisket had been in a warehouse in dallas 45 minutes from Corsicana for four days. So we shipped her another one and it got lost and we shipped her another one and it finally made it to her house. And then we turned off our mail order program because um, we can't insure perishable goods. And so that brisket netted us about negative uh, 250 bucks. So until, until everything is, is fixed, uh, we didn't really want to gamble with that anymore. There's merch at the at the store, right? There is merch at the store, yes. That's another reason why I wanted to do this was because, but I don't think it's it's hard to see the you know the forest from the trees when you're bogged down and I just yeah no 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 um there's there's always going to be a flavor of the month there's going to be the the latest and greatest but not only in barbecue but the dining industry I mean it, True. it it's so difficult and it's so hard to maintain that there have been a lot of places that I've seen blow up and then before you even realize that they're not going crazy with stuff on social media, they're closed. Yeah. So my, my recommendation for anybody that is getting into this, that hasn't experienced long-term success in the industry is just keep your head down and keep plowing because no matter how high the wave is now, there's no guarantee that it's going to be there tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And the foundation has to be really, really strong. I put in my post that, I've always felt like if, if we take care of the food, the food will take care of us. What I meant is we don't pay for marketing. I don't believe in advertising for what we do because anybody can pay somebody money to tell people that this is really good. Yeah. You can't buy word of mouth. And that's what we've built our business on. In a perfect world, every plate of barbecue that we put out would be perfect. And nobody would have anything bad to say about it. And they would go home and they would tell all their friends about their perfect barbecue meal that they had at Ebbing Maze. And we would just be killing it every day, all the time. That's our goal. 
that's our goal by if we take care of the food, the food will take care of us. It's not about, we're not trying to hit um, a certain sales number uh, because if we, if we let money drive the bus, the bus may get driven off a cliff. It's never been about the bottom line. It's always been about make, make damn sure that that food is good because if it's not, people aren't going to come back. Whenever I made that post and I woke up the next day and it kind of taken off, I came in and I told our guys and gals, y'all better make sure that everything we put out for the next month is as perfect as you can make it because there's going to be people come to the restaurant that haven't been here in a few years. There's going to be people that have never been here. And if they came out here because they saw that post and took it to mean that we were begging them to come and support us, we better make sure it was worth their time and money. And in that, I mean, that's a scary place to be whenever I woke up and saw that that thing had been shared like a thousand times and there's 200 comments and so many. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was shocked. Make damn sure we take care of the food guys, mm-hmm. because these people are going to come in. And if it's not good, this is our chance to earn new customers, a, a chance that we haven't had in a few years. And what a, what a blessing that, that people responded the way they did because it really breathed some fresh air into us over the last seven days now. The best seven days of our year. I don't know how much of that can be attributed to the Facebook post or how much of that was the fact that it was the first home game weekend and we had a huge crowd uh, in, in, in the city for that. Uh, whatever it was, it's been awesome. And it, it all goes back to make sure that what we're putting out is worthy of these people's time and money. It's also important that, you know, people know, like you said, like people need to know that you've expanded your hours. Like how else are you going to tell them? And I guess you could make a post, but it probably wouldn't get as much attention if you just said new hours. <laughs> it's, right. It was something, yeah. and it was also something that was, you, you had said yesterday when we had talked off camera that this was, you were, you had notes on your phone that you'd been kind of writing this over a number of days. This is something that has been kind of non. Well, it's, I mean, that, that's a slippery slope. Anytime you go to, I, we have, Mallory has done a really, really great job of building our social media presence. Oh, yeah. We have a lot of followers and I very rarely post on there because I am, I'm the word guy. She's the, like, she can take the beautiful pictures. She can come up with the witty uh, one-liners to go with the pictures and I stay out of it. And then I'll like, occasionally I'll post something and she's like, people don't want to see words. You know, people aren't interested in reading information here, but that was something I had just, I had been like taking notes on my phone and it, it, it finally, I, I revised it enough that I thought, this is something I, I don't think that it comes across as we are playing the victim here. I don't think it comes across as we are begging for people to come out. There was no blame placed on anybody. It was simply, man, I don't even know how to describe it. Honestly, it was just a transparent, my attempt yeah. at, at being transparent and, and bringing awareness of us, but every small business that's exist in existence today, yeah, you're we're all struggling. Yeah. So if, I mean, I, I, I hope uh, anybody who, who was encouraged by those words or it made them feel a little bit more seen or relatable, um, I, that's great. That, that's wonderful. I had, there, there was one, one joint that called uh, from a smaller Texas town that's been in business for three years. And he, even to him, somebody who had been in the industry who I visited with in person before, he said, it means a lot to know that even you are going through the struggles the same as we are. And I could say the same. I mean, I don't, I don't know the situation of, of the, the people that are even, you know, bigger, more well-known than we are. Um, there's a lot of them. And, and I, I have to assume that they, they are also feeling it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but we're up here and people people think that we're up high and we're untouchable. Uh, but the truth is the, the bigger you are, the harder you fall. Yeah, yeah. I would I would feel like I was disrespecting Mallory but not bringing up the uh, Robert Moss list. We met Robert Moss four years ago. Super nice guy. Really nice yeah. guy. Oh, yeah. And she asked him <clears throat> when he thought he would get out to, to check out every maze. And he told her that, that Texas was really just too big and that he wasn't sure if, you know, when he would make it out. Well, that was three of his Southern Living Best 50 Barbecue Joints in the South list ago. And, you know, list, I don't care about list. The one yeah. thing that I care about list is if you're on a list, other people that make lists are going to see that list. And if they're too lazy to actually go out and try the food themselves, then maybe they're going to put you on that list. And then somebody else is going to put you on their list. And then people that read those lists may come to your joint because they saw you on that list. That's that's the only reason I care about lists. I, I I couldn't care less about you know actually being on a list. Yeah. But it's it's super frustrating that he would have so many Texas joints. If you, I mean, in my opinion, if you're going to have that many Texas joints on your Southern uh, best top fifty barbecue list, you better check out all the joints in Texas. You can't just draw a line at Dallas and say, well, that that's my South. Shoot, we're we're further south than Dallas. It's silly, but at the same time, it's kind of like, if you're going to do it, do it right. How many of those joints were from Texas? Well, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think anybody really considers Texas. Uh, when you when you think about the, the deep south, uh, Texas isn't really, in, in my, my mind, opinion, no, considered I wouldn't. that. Yeah, you're, you're, not, you're not thinking of, like, the Confederate states whenever you think of Texas. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, 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 it's it's. If you're going to include some Texas, then you better be willing to include all of Texas. What's your ideal, like not not discussing the the pivot you guys have made, but what's your ideal platter at Evie Mays or ideal meal for yourself that you would recommend? Uh, I personally, like if I just need a snack, I'll go get a couple of ribs or green chili cheese sausage. I very rarely do I eat brisket just because it's so rich. Uh, but last week I had a slice of brisket and I think it was the first slice of brisket that I'd had in months. And I... Like I had a, a slice of brisket. And I was like, man, that, that was good. I'm going to go get another one. But usually it's like ribs or a leek of sausage. Uh, but, but if you're, if you're going to set up someone's perfect platter, what would you say? If, if I was going to set up somebody's perfect platter, I would get ribs and brisket all day long. What are your favorite sides? We have a baked potato casserole, which is delicious. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's baked potato chunks with cheese and sour cream and bacon and ch- chives. That's really good. That's a really, really big seller. We've got green chili cheese grits that are really, really good. Uh, we've got some green beans that are really, really good. Like, oh. absolutely not from a can of green beans. Our pinto beans are good. We've got collard greens. Our collard greens are really good. We don't sell a lot. People out here aren't really into that proper boss because we're south. And then potato salad and coleslaw. Potato salad is, man, people get so passionate about potato salad. But our potato salad is kind of a mustardy, pickly potato salads that i like cornbread cornbread's a big one homemade cornbread so it's a you could actually make an entire meal out of sides for oh yeah yeah absolutely yeah now we do we don't have very many vegetarian side options because we put bacon and everything but but we do have a lot of good sides yeah and then dessert wise like what's your what's your favorite dessert you guys have man there again we have so many uh we just we just took key lime pie off for the season but our key lime pie is really really delicious uh, we have a fresh strawberry pie that is very photogenic. Yes, um, it is. <laughs> it's it good. 
we have just we have a Texas sheet cake that is just a lightly iced sheet cake that is very good. I like to dress that up with some ice cream and caramel sauce and whipped cream. We have cheesecake that's really good. That's, you can't go wrong, is what you're saying. You can't, you you have, if, if if you like cheesecake, get our cheesecake. If you like chocolate yeah, cake, get yeah. our sheet cake. It, yeah. Like I like to think that everything that we do, yeah, it may not be perfect in your opinion, but we don't put anything on the menu if we don't really truly believe that it is the best version of it that we are capable of. Otherwise, we don't want it on the menu. Can you talk about the process? Because I don't think a lot of people understand this really quickly, the process, how many days it takes to make sausage by scratch. So I actually, glad you asked, I made 100 pounds of sausage this morning. So we make our sausage out of brisket trim. So at the beginning of the week, we'll start trimming briskets. And really, trimming briskets and generating brisket trim is a continuous process. Well, I mean, we're trimming briskets every day that we're at the restaurant. But then we we take that trim and we make sausage in 100 pound, 100 pound batches. So I made uh, fresh sausage today. We'll let that dry uh, for two days, uh, cased on speed racks. And then we'll cold smoke that, which is not true like cold smoke, what you would think of in like a smoked salmon or something up in the Midwest. But we'll smoke that at uh, like 170, 180 degrees for up to five five hours. And all we're trying to do is, is develop a deeper smoke flavor and really develop some color without rendering the fat in that sausage and breaking down the protein in the sausage. Uh, So we do it at a super low temp until we get the internal temperature up to like 150. And then we'll drop that in an ice bath and then we'll let it dry another day or two before it is eligible to go out for service. And when we take that out of the cooler after it dries, after it's ice bath, we are trying to get it up to up to temp as fast as we can. So we might throw that on a smoker that's running at like 350 degrees and get that sausage back up to temp in 12 or 15 minutes. And what we're doing there is we're trying to, we want a snappy casing. And so you kind of, you, you almost fry the casing from the inside out whenever you get the fat to, to render on the inside of the sausage link. Um, So that that's ideal. I would really like to be cooking our, our service sausage on a direct heat pit, like a grill almost uh, for that snappy casing. Cause I think our sausage is best um, at home on the grill over uh, hmm. coals. Sell it even at your restaurant to go? We have before, we haven't in a while, but we do have, I mean, it's always always available. If anybody's interested in it, again, call or text because we okay. do have some people that do, they, they buy raw sausage or they buy our pre-smoked sausage and then they can take that home and put it on their grill. Yeah, that'd um, be great. Because it is really hard to get like a traditional raw Texas barbecue style sausage at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. That's what I struggled with whenever I was in Tucson. I couldn't find like a good sausage like a barbecue sausage because i didn't want to buy a pre-cooked barbecue sausage but i i didn't know how to make sausage so i was buying like raw kielbasa from costco and smoking that yeah there's some specialty butcher shops out here in la that do but otherwise it's it's impossible to find yes but arnest thank you so much for taking the time and for sharing that have a great day good to see you you too thank you kevin